Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to another episode of the Modern Maverick Podcast, episode 35 for today, Friday, May 8th, 2015. It's been a crazy week. I'm going to go through a few things on today's podcast, including uh, I'll give my thoughts on the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight that happened this past Saturday. I'm giving my thoughts on the past uh, Monday Night Raw that I saw live this past Monday in Montreal. Me and my girl, me and my girlfriend attended Monday Night Raw, and I mean my thoughts and uh, comments on on the show and the and everything. I'm also going to talk about uh, the recent uh, string of injuries in the UFC and how I think it impacts the sport. I'm going to talk also, uh, as requested by some of my listeners and friends, I'm going to give an update on my progression in the world of professional wrestling. If you've been listening to the podcast these past few weeks, then you know that I have been taking a uh, <clears throat> I've embarked on an adventure to become a professional wrestler. I joined uh, the Mecca school here in Montreal, in Quebec, Canada. Uh, the Torture Chamber. I am now a member of the Torture Chamber Professional Wrestling Dojo. And um, I've been now for just over a month, about a month. Uh, so I'm going to give a, a little update on my progression, how things are going and uh, so-and-so. So let's get started right away as it's fucking hot as hell in my studio right now. I don't have any AC right now. I didn't in install my air conditioning yet in the house. This week has been uh, basically the first week that it's been really hot. It's about, uh, I'd say about between 20 and 25 right now outside. Maybe not that hot. It's only 10, 8, it's only 11 a.m., but... It's on its way to being about 25 degrees uh, today. And right now it's about 20 degrees. So, yeah. And I'm in my little studio. It always gets hot, especially when I have the doors closed. So, I'm sweating already. I got my little uh, cloth that I'm wiping my forehead with every few seconds. I'm, I'm sweating. and So, I want to get this over with. Uh, I'm going to give you guys about an hour. i go through all the things I mentioned earlier. Let's get it on. Let's get it started. Hope you guys had a great week. Hope you guys are uh, intrigued. I hope you guys are have some good plans for this weekend. Uh, this week's been kind of crazy. A lot of things been going on. And uh, it all started, I guess, with uh, the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight that happened last Saturday. And, uh, you know, I invested my, uh, my time to watch the fight. <clears throat> and... Um, you know, I've been reading a bit. Uh, after the fights are done, you know, I, I like to, you know, I, I obviously I'm on Twitter. I, f I try to follow what people are saying and and, and, and a few, um, <clears throat> you know, I've been reading a few things online and just to, to get, get an idea. And for the most part, people weren't really in, in uh, that impressed or uh, I guess, I guess it's hard to be impressed as a fan because the hype put behind this fight was incredible, you know? You're putting so much pressure on this fight to, to succeed and to entertain. You're going to be disappointed for the most part. I mean, uh, the fight was good, if you ask me. Um, I think people expected more fireworks. And uh, I'm going to go through the psychology a little bit of it. Now, for the most part, people that watch boxing, if you're a 
a real hardcore boxing fan where you watch boxing all the time. It's your number one thing. You know, you're a purist. You watch boxing for the sweet science. Then the fight went probably according to what you thought it was going to be. Me, personally, I'm split in the middle. On one side, my purist, the boxing uh, practitioner, the, the, the boxing, the guy that follows the sweet science, that knows the in and outs of boxing, how it works, the defense, the offense, and everything, because I have boxed for, the, like I said, the, the major part of the past 10 years, I've been in martial arts, in boxing, the purist in me was not surprised by how every single round pretty much went according to what I thought it was going to be. Now, if you listen to last week's podcast, you guys know that I picked Pacquiao. Well, as a fan, I picked Pacquiao. But I was kind of kind of healing it up, uh, if I could... Uh, borrow uh, pro wrestling terms here. I was kind of eeling it up because I knew deep down inside that everybody was kind of picking Mayweather and it wasn't going to be a real surprise if he won. It was going to be more of a surprise. I think the fan in me wanted Pacquiao to win and and it showed when stats were put on about 63 or 65% of people wanted pick Pacquiao to win but it was more of wanted Pacquiao to win. Sorry, taking a delicious sip of this uh, a sip of this delicious coffee as I'm uh, podcasting. So, like I said, the purist in me saw the fight, watched the fight. At the end of the twelfth round, I'm like, "All right, I didn't see nothing surprised me. This is exactly how I expected the fight to go." Okay, Mayweather's going to get the unanimous decision. Um, he won the majority of the rounds. Pacquiao might have squeaked out three or four rounds. Won three or four rounds, in my opinion. But that's it. Mayweather's defense was the big story. Pacquiao couldn't get in. Chased Mayweather around the ring pretty much the whole night. And at the end of the day, Pacquiao counterpunched. And his defense barely got... He barely got punched. Barely got barely got hit. So the purist in me was like, yeah, that's, that's what I expected. Now the fan in me who made the pick last week on last week's podcast and was telling everybody uh, Pacquiao was going to win. And if you listen to the podcast last week, I gave my explanation on what Pacquiao needed to do to win the fight, which I thought he needed to do to win the fight. For the most part, he did a lot of that. But at the end of the day, his, in my opinion, his footwork wasn't quite what it needed to be in order to, to cut off the ring, be in and out as fast as possible, as, as quick as he needed to be. Uh, Lander flurries. For the most part, I saw him chase Mayweather around, leap in instead of using his footwork to get in. He would leap in, he would get caught, or he would just totally miss and and just you know threw punches that landed got nowhere. So the fan in me was greatly disappointed because, for the most part, if you took if you if you're somebody that doesn't really follow boxing, just knows of. Mayweather and Pacquiao and knows of the sport and maybe dabbles in it or is a UFC fan and a mixed martial arts fan and then you're like oh well the two best fighters in the world are fighting this Saturday in this sports call in this sport called boxing 
oh, this is going to be a great fight. Holy shit. Because in other sports, for the most part, if you put any, take any sports, football, baseball, hockey, if you put the two best teams together, a lot of the times you get a great game or you get a great fight. If you got take MMA and you take the two best guys of the, each division or uh, whatever the case may be, you're going to get a hype fight. You're going to get a good fight. And even if it's not a, a well-contested fight, there's a domination by either one of the guys or it's an extremely tight fight and te- technically sound and, 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 and well-disputed fight, which entertains the crowd. That didn't really happen this Saturday. But like I said, the purist in me really well uh, expected that. But the fan in me who wanted Pacquiao to win, who wanted the underdog to prevail because that's what I am, an underdog. So I always want the, the underdog to prevail. I see myself as an underdog. I always root for the underdog. You know, sorry, for the most part. So the fan in me was obviously disappointed. Number one, that Pacquiao wasn't able to do what I thought he could do. And that, for the most part, the fight was kind of boring. It was. It wasn't really an entertaining fight. There was a lot of clinching, a lot of hugging on Mayweather's part, especially early in the fight. And, you know, like I said, it was expected, but kind of boorish, let's face it. If you're trying to gain fans, new fans, with this fight, you failed. Sorry. If you never watched boxing in your life, you kind of just heard about it, and then somebody told you, it's Saturday, the two biggest fighters, boxing, boxers in the world are going to fight each other. You have to watch it. And you've never really watched boxing in your life. You go, I'm okay, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Man, this is gonna be a good fight. Maybe I, maybe this is a great spark. This might light lit a fire in, into under uh, under me and be. Ah, oh, man, is this what boxing is always about? And then you go ahead and watch the fight and you go, "That's it. These were the two best you got to offer, and that's what I see." Jesus Christ! I can't. I'm not gonna invest myself. Invest sixty bucks every other week. For a pay-per-view, if that with your two best guys, and then for the most part, the rest of the year, these guys aren't even fighting. But the reality is, there's way better fights every other week in boxing. It's just the name Mayweather and Pacquiao aren't attached to them. There's Canelo Alvarez, I believe, that's fighting this week, an entertaining fighter. Puts on great fights. You, you can go down the list of guys that are great boxers and for the most part put on great fights. Great young up-and-coming boxers that are just going to tear it up. But if you're a casual boxing fan or not a, a almost non-existent boxing fan and you don't know any of these younger guys and mid-card guys and guys that don't really get the spotlight like Mayweather and Pacquiao, and you go, yeah, I got to follow boxing. I know that Pacquiao guy and I know that Mayweather guy. Name me other boxers. Uh, Mike Tyson? Oh, yeah, he used to box. Yeah. Well, for the most part, that's a lot of people. And if you're trying to grasp these people by putting together the biggest fight and trying to get new fans, it was a fail in my opinion. And I think as much as most people like to say that boxing is a dying sport, 
I kind of agree a little bit. It's definitely in the downfall because they they fail for the most part to put on entertaining fights and blockbuster fights like back in the day, you know, when the Tysons and the Holyfield and the Lennox Lewis and, and the Haglers and the Leonard and, and even before that, the Ali and the Frazier. And you had so many big names. There was such a buildup to the fight and then the fights would end up being great fights. You'd see superstars. You'd see guys just prolific great boxers in the ring doing their thing and you go damn i love that you know the story behind it also was so i think people were so turned off by mayweather and pacquiao because at the end of the day they made it so much about business this fight should have happened five years ago and the only reason it really didn't was because they couldn't get to terms there's not really a story being told there and if you ask me as much as I like the sport, I like to watch MMA fights. I like to watch boxing fights, boxing less. But I don't only want to see a great fight when it comes Saturday night, when it comes down to the main event and like these two guys, the bell rings and it goes. There has to be a buildup. There has to be a story told of either the underdog. Is he going to defeat the, the great champion or vice versa? You know, champion versus champion. Whatever the case may be, there has to be a build-up. There has to be a story. And I think this fight was so much... There was so much hype back in the day, man. These two guys need to fight, and then they just couldn't make it work. And this time, they just got together and made it work, and they, it was barely signed, but I think it was only really made official till a week or two before the fight, this whole thing. And, and today's age with social media and the internet... You can't really escape all those behind the scenes and what goes on. It, these stories all come out and it kind of, in my opinion, when it should hype up even more the fight, it kind of just makes it go, well, these guys are basically just two businessmen going in the ring and trying to make this mo as much money as possible. And they're not really being transparent about the whole thing. Or they are maybe being too transparent about the thing. Either way, you want to see it. But as a fan of the sport, as a purist, I, I don't want to know about the business. I just want to know about the story. I want to know. I want to get invested as a fan, not only for the fight, but I, what's the story you guys are telling me? You guys are the two best boxers in the world, apparently, arguably, number one, number two, pound for pound best boxers in the world. And you're not really grasping me two, three weeks before the fight. All you guys are going back and forth is about business, how much money you guys are going to make. And the biggest story was probably out of this week's getting to the fight. The biggest story was probably how expensive the fucking tickets were. That's not what the fucking fight should be about. The fight should be about the two guys in the ring that are going to beat the shit out of each other. The fight should be about the two guys in the ring that are going to try to overcome the obstacle of beating the other guy. It shouldn't be that fucking Tom Brady and 50 Cent and Justin Bieber and who the fuck cares is going to be at the fight and it's going to pay 96,000 fucking dollars to be at the fight and who's going to be in the front row and who's going to be in the second row. And even on come fight night, the fucking story was like, oh man, did you see fucking Michael Jordan was seven rows back, man. Holy fuck. I don't give no fuck about who's in the audience. I give a fuck about who's in the ring. Who's fighting? Why should I watch this fight? 
because it's the two best boxers in the world. Bitch, you got to give me more. You got to give me more than just these are the two best guys. And it's been long due that these guys are going to fight. That's it. That's all you got. Of course, I'm going to watch the fucking fight. Because I'm a martial artist, I'm a fan, I'm a practitioner. I invested a lot of my year, a lot of my years, my life into uh, this art. And at the end of the day, I am a fucking passionate fanatic of sports in general. It doesn't matter what sport it is if you're going to put the two best athlete the two best teams of whatever sports i'm gonna fucking tune in and watch because at the end of the day i want to see what's gonna happen but jesus christ for the other what 99 of the population that just dabble in in boxing you're gonna try to hype up the fight with these shenanigans get the fuck out of here all right tell me a story I've never watched boxing in my life. Sell me on the fight. Don't sell me on who's going to be at the fight and how this is going to be the biggest payday for Mayweather and how much money these fucking guys are going to make. Sell me on why should I invest my time and energy in this fight. Because wanted or not, if I take even just 30 minutes a day for the previous two weeks to invest myself in analyzing and looking at this fight and watching all the hype videos, that's time out of my day that I could be doing something else. Tell me why I should take time out of my life to invest myself prior to the fight and come fight night. Why should I pony up $100 for a fucking pay-per-view to watch these two guys go at it? Well, fuck, man. These, uh, let me tell you, you ain't gonna wanna miss this, man. I mean, fuck. Mayweather is pound for pound the best boxer and Pacquiao's been number two for a while. And these guys, this buildup, you know, they should have fought five years ago. And they, I mean, what are you going to do? These, these, finally, these guys are going to fight. Oh, man. Dude, fucking, did you see the price of the tickets? Man, these tickets are going for hundreds of two hundreds of thousands of dollars. And man, you see who's going to be in the crowd. Nobody, no Joe Blow is going to be in the crowd. You can't do that shit. Fuck all that shit. What about these fighters? And that's where they miss the fucking boat. And this is why I can't get invested in boxing anymore. Because it's becoming a, too much about the business, man. Especially when it comes to these big fights. So what did I think about the fight? At the end of the day, the purist in me went, yeah, that's that yeah, was a good fight. Mayweather did exactly what I thought he was going to do. And Pacquiao... Tried to do exactly what I thought he was going to do. He tried to get to Mayweather. He couldn't get through his defense. And Mayweather counter-attacked for the most part and danced around and baited him in the corner and then got away. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. The fan in me was like, God damn, am I happy I didn't pay $100 to watch this shit. God damn, May Pacquiao should have won. Fuck. That's the fan in me. So all in all, the fight went according to what I thought it was going to be. And the little part of me is a bit disappointed that Mayweather is 48 and 0. And that, you know, Pacquiao um, didn't win. So yeah, 20 minutes of me 
ranting about this. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to move on from this. A little side note. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to use this as a side note to my next thing. Now, you can greatly dispute if you follow boxing, if you follow the what happened after, if you read the news, if you're online, the internet, like most people. You will know if you didn't. I'm going to break the news right now. Pacquiao was injured, got injured during training camp, tore his rotator cuff. That's a pretty serious fucking injury. Can't do much with a torn rotator cuff. For a fucking boxer, you're using your shoulder. For the people that don't know, the rotator cuff is a muscle in the shoulder. It basically helps you with mobility and motion. Well, he tore it. It might have hampered, definitely hampered his, his, uh, his performance on Saturday. Now, questions are, well, geez, if he wouldn't have been injured, this would have been a way closer fight. Yeah, maybe, probably. But in my opinion, the results would have been mostly the same. It would have been the same. Like I said, the purest in me expected Mayweather to win. And he also expected a 100% Pacquiao to be in the ring. Now, as a martial artist, as a, somebody that's competed, if you're a combat in any combat sport, there is never a time where you step into the ring that you're 100%. There's always little nagging injuries, soreness, bumps and bruises. It doesn't matter what it is. Especially more in MMA, but in boxing as well. You put your body through training camp. It doesn't matter who you are or in shape you are there's going to be some lingering injuries. You rarely, rarely go in, probably never go into a fight 100, 100%. Everybody fights through either little injuries, little soreness, little nagging things all the time. It's just part of the game. It's part of the game. But a torn rotator cuff isn't just part of the game. That's a pretty serious injury that 99.9% of the time forces a guy to not compete now he ain't gonna pull out of the biggest fight in boxing history arguably one of the biggest fights in boxing history so pacquiao never disclosed his injury and this is what i'm gonna get into before any fight you gotta sign some paperwork some doctors are gonna check you out and stuff like that because this is a big fight and you're asking people to invest money into this fight hundred dollars pony up for the pay-per-view you're asking people to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for tickets. You're asking people to invest time and money. Things like this have to be disclosed. They have to be. That's the business side of things. It's the business side of things. Now, Pacquiao had a torn rotator cuff. He knew about it. His entourage knew about it. And when it came time to do all the paperwork, well, what happened? The Nevada State Athletic Commission, prior to the fight, needed Pacquiao to fill his paperwork in. And basically, he didn't disclose his injury. Apparently, there's a box or a place where he had to disclose any type of injury, and he checked no in the box. And now, shenanigans be, this is a crazy story. I'm just going to sidetrack a little bit on. Now, there's guys, two guys, I believe, not sure, one or two guys, class action suit on behalf of, of everybody basically that paid money to see this fight is suing Manny Pacquiao in top rank boxing, the promotion, after the fighter went into the bout last weekend with a torn rotator cuff. 
you know, the fans claim that Pacquiao and the company defrauded viewers by saying that he was healthy. Now, it's fucking crazy that fans could actually sue Pacquiao because he didn't say he was injured. And they felt like they were defrauded of their money because what? He would have said, I got a torn rotator cuff or I have a shoulder injury. I'm still going to fight. You still want to fucking pay the $100? Fuck you. You still would have paid it. Fuck you. You still would have paid it. Sorry about the swearing. Jesus Christ. And this is a lawyer that's suing him, by the way. A lawyer trying to make money out of this. Trying to put his name out there. Now, does he have a point? Yeah, I'm a, I ha, I'll admit he has a point. Business-wise, if this was, if you were buying a car and the salesman told you, yeah, the car's got four wheels. It's in the back. It's ready to go. You test drove this model, but we got a brand new model with no mileage in the back. The car's got four wheels. Everything was well. So it's got four wheels. Hey, it's got four wheels. Then you got into your car. You got home. Then you checked out the wheels and you went, Jesus Christ. I got four wheels, but one of them is a fucking wooden wheel. And then you went back and said, you sold me a car with a wooden wheel. If you had asked me if I had four wheels, it did have four wheels, but one's about to fucking break because it's made out of wood. The shit's not going to last a week. Oh, yeah, that's not my problem. You wanted a car with four wheels. I gave you a car with four wheels. That's a wheel. You didn't, you know, I might be. Out on the loop, a bit out there with my 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 with my example, but you get the point, right? So on that side of the note, you're asking people to invest money into a product. People might not see it as a product, but it is a product. It is something that you're investing money, time into getting something back. And if you're expecting a healthy Pacquiao to go out there and give uh, Mayweather a run for his money and maybe win that fight. And you're cheering for him. And then after the fight, you spend your $100 and you spend another 100 on on booze and food because you're watching the fight with friends and you invited friends over and you invested other money into entertaining people, booze and shit. And then come down two days later, that fucking guy had a torn rotator cuff and you're like, fuck, man. I wouldn't have bought, obviously, maybe some people would say, he's injured. That's a serious injury. He's going on to fight the fight. He has no chance of winning. I'm not going to invest $100. Maybe. But come on. It's kind of shitty. Who does this? At this day and age, man, and social media and everything, you can't escape it. And people know it. This guy's, in my opinion, is trying to make a name for himself. He's suing Pacquiao because he was injured. He's suing the, the promotion and Pacquiao. Now, whatever comes out of this, I don't know. Apparently, there's some chances that this guy might actually win, but who fucking knows? At the end of the day, Manny Pacquiao, by my point to the story is that Manny Pacquiao had a very significant injury for this fight. He fought through, won a few rounds, but at the end of the day, he lost the fight. So maybe a rematch now is in order. Maybe, and it's been... I've read that Mayweather has agreed to offer him a a rematch after he heals from his injury. Maybe I want to see a healthy Pacquiao, 100%. Maybe he'd have a better chance, but at the end of the day, it might be a closer fight. Mayweather might have to work a little bit harder, but the results are going to be the same, in my opinion. That's That's about all I have to say.
about the May Mayweather Pacquiao. At the end of the day, this was built as one of the biggest boxing fights in history. On certain fronts, it delivered, and for the most part, it was just a, just another boxing match that ended up being a, a bore for the most part. And that, unfortunately, that's what boxing is known for lately. And uh, I'm sad. I'm sad to see because I grew up as a huge boxing fan. I, I, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, you know, and uh, they had so many stars then and the, the sport was so different. And it's just sad to see that nowadays with the business side of it and, and everything else that it's not what it used to be. But with that said, let's move on. This past Monday was Monday Night Raw in Montreal. Now, for your professional wrestling fans out there that follow Raw, that follow WWE, you watched it. It was a great fucking show. I saw it live. Me and my girlfriend, they came to Montreal. When they announced they were coming to Montreal, I said, we have to go. We have to go. My girlfriend, who's been now a pretty hardcore fan for the past year, she started watching it after, after WrestleMania. 31, so 30, yeah, no, uh, after WrestleMania 30, where Brian won the belt, this winner was 31, the next year will be 32, anyway, so she's, you know, every Monday we invest our time, and uh, I like professional wrestling, I like it, uh, I've, uh, I've uh, renewed my love with it in the past few years. So my girlfriend now is a huge fan. She's maybe a bigger fan than me. She loves, you know, her, her certain guys, and she invests a, a lot of time in it. So when they was announced that we're coming on May 4th, I'm like, we got to go. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going. So we went, and uh, it was a great show. As my f second time that I've been at a Raw live show, I went back in 2002 or three. I don't remember. I had a raw in uh, back. I was living back in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and uh, me and my buddy, he he drove down and we went to see Raw. And uh, that was back back then. That's when Stone Cold and, and Goldberg and and man Triple H, Kevin Nash. I remember seeing all these guys. It was a great fucking show. I was a huge Stone Cold fan, so for me it was good. Um, this had a different type of feel to it. For me, personally, because not only am I a fan now, but I am entrenched in professional wrestling because, like you'll, I'm going to elaborate a little bit more later, I am now training to become a professional wrestler myself. Thus, I am more entrenched in not only the physical aspect of, of wrestling, but the psychological side of wrestling, which is huge. So when I watch wrestling now, I not only watch the, the technical side of it, I also watch the psycholo psychological side of it and how and why certain moves and how things are done and why things are done that certain way. And the promos and, and certain things like this. So my altogether thought of seeing live Raw was seeing from a different light with different eyes. For me, my girlfriend enjoyed it. She was really happy. It was her first Raw, I believe her first. She said she went back, back, but she was a kid with her dad. 
I think at the Montreal Forum, she saw a live event, not televised. This was before Raw and everything. So she'd never been to a televised show before. And I told her it's a different type of field. There's commercial breaks and you're going to see guys in the ring waiting for, for TV to come back from commercials. So it's a different field. There's a lot of dead space for a lot of times. They get an intro from a wrestler. Then you get another ref. They come into the ring. Then they could just kind of walk around for four or five minutes waiting for commercial to come back. So, you know, but she really enjoyed it. And the, the crowd was amazing. I mean, I don't know. I watched a little bit. I recorded it on my PVR and I watched it a little bit uh, the next day just to get the sense of the crowd. It's not as much. When you're there, the crowd just erupts, you know. Obviously, for people that watched it, know that the show was fucking good. There were some big pops, uh, some surprises, and, you know, um, Certain wrestlers getting booed that I kind of expected. Got more boos. Like Roman Reigns got booed more than I expected. Because in the last few weeks, he's been kind of going over for a few people. He's getting less and less boos, more and more cheers. But uh, they started off the show with the number one face in the industry right now, which is Randy Orton. He got a huge pop when this music hit. He came down to the ring, did his promo. Then Roman Reigns interrupted him, came down the aisle. He, to a sea of booze, which surprised me a little bit. I expected some booze, but not as much. But uh, the biggest pop of the night, obviously, was when Bret Hart came down. Uh, you know, Before that, John Cena came out. John Cena came out to booze. I mean, booze. But, but, John Cena was able to turn that crowd... By cutting a promo, and by the end of the promo, he was able to get some cheers, some pretty considerable big cheers, considering that he came out at first to a fucking booze. Like, oh my God, it was massive. Bigger booze than Roman Reigns. I mean, Jesus. And then he cut his promo, and by that end, by the end, people, some more than I expected, were cheering him on, and then fucking Bret Hart's music hits when he does the... Uh, the open invitation for the U.S. strap. Bret Hart's music hit and the crowd loses their mind, including me. I marked out big time with Bret Hart's music. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't believe it for about five seconds. And there's something I'm like, I wasn't 100% sure because the Hitman's music is a bit different now. It's a bit more modern. It's not like the old, like his back in the day when he was there before the Montreal Screwjob. So when his music hit, I looked at the, uh, the screen and, and I was like, what is that up, up? And then I saw Hitman. I'm like, and I got up and people got up in front of me and, you know, we had pretty good seats so we could see really well in the ring and I just lost my shit. People went berserk. And obviously he was there to introduce Sami Zayn. And then when Sami Zayn got introduced, then the crowd even lost it even more. Obviously Sami Zayn being a hometown boy, Coming down to challenge Cena for the United States strap. Then uh, some sort of injury happened to Zayn. He had a bum shoulder. He made it worse in his walk down to the ring. And he played it off a little bit. And he was apparently really injured. The match, they sold the injury a lot. But it was a pretty good match for Zayn. And uh, I think he made a pretty good impression for the first time on the big show. You know, him being an NXT performer and everything. I think he did pretty well. I'm not going to go too much in depth. I'm just going to give you my experience of Monday Night Raw because I know you listeners aren't not all of you are fans of the 
of, of wrestling. So I'm, I don't want to, this is not a, a pro wrestling specific podcast. I just want to give my, my thoughts. So that, that was pretty cool. Probably my favorite part of it. And, uh, you know, we got to see a pretty good main event. Uh, and uh, best match of the night for me was Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. I was real happy that they put these guys together again. I know they fought the previous week on SmackDown, but you didn't really have to finish. I expected with the interruption from Kane and the outside uh, interference and everything. But this match was a lot different. And uh, for people that really follow professional wrestling, everybody knows that back when they were in, uh, in, in, uh, in NXT and even before that, these guys had the amazing chemistry to get chemistry together and that they put together some great matches and you saw during that match great chemistry they were giving a lot of time to perform and to go out there and sell their story at the end of the day dean ambrose got a roll uh, a pin yeah did he get a roll how did yeah he got a roll i don't quite remember but anyway he wins the match one two three and he gets inserted into the payback because that was a stipulation he gets introdu introduced inserted in the payback main event now it's going to be instead of a triple triple threat it's going to be a four-way for the uh wwe heavyweight championship belt which rollins holds so it was a pretty good night the 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 finish was all right i am uh, the crowd was amazing the the sense the 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 vibe in, in the building was amazing had a great time my girlfriend enjoyed it. i really was happy that my girlfriend enjoyed it. i wanted her to have a good time a good experience uh, being invested so much in wrestling now with me training to become a professional wrestler and her being invested in also in liking professional wrestling i want her to see more of a not just the technical and the physical part of it but i want her to see all everything else because it's also a big part of my life and my son is probably not right now a huge fan obviously he's a john cena fan i bought him the the wrist, the wristbands and the headlock, uh, headband, and he was fucking. He he didn't take him off for like two days. You know, he went to sleep with the bands. He went to school with the head, the wristbands. The only thing I had to tell him to take off was the headband. But uh, yeah, my my son is a huge wrestling fan right now. Watches it on TV with me. Plays a lot with his uh, action figures and my girlfriend. I'm happy my girlfriend had a good time. It was a good show, really good show. And uh, one thing I'm going to say, though, after uh, I'm listening to a few podcasts, wrestling podcasts, and apparently it was the lowest rated Raw since 97, which shocked me, considering that I also heard from a lot of people the saying that it was the best Raw since forever. And I had to agree, it was a pretty good show. They had some good matches. Crowd was amazing. I mean, the Bret Hart pop was amazing. The the Rollins Ambrose fight was amazing. They had uh, oh my god, they had Roman Reigns versus Orton as a, a main event, which was pretty good. J and J security, Kane, the whole authority uh, gimmick uh, introduced into the match. Um, I mean. Yeah, it was good, considering that for the most parts on Mondays, I watch, every Monday I watch Raw, and for the most part, sometimes it's horrible to watch. Promos go for way too long, just give me some wrestling, but that's just me being old school, professional wrestling fan, less of a sports entertaining fan. I like the entertaining factor, I like the storytelling, I like the promos and everything, but 
give me a bit more wrestling and give me good wrestling, you know. But like I said, I don't want to get too much into detail because I could do a whole podcast on just professional wrestling, which I'm thinking about, by the way. I might just start a whole separate podcast just on professional wrestling because being in professional wrestling now, like I said, training to become a professional wrestler, I see a different side of it that I saw before, but I'm even more into it now. So yeah, altogether, it was a great show. I'm happy I went. The tickets aren't surprisingly like compared to UFC events. I mean, the first UFC event that I went to see Oh, back in the day here in Montreal, which was Liddell, there was the Liddell Rua fight and the Anderson Silva latest main event, I believe, UFC 80 something thing, I remember. It ponied up $700 for two tickets in the, in the exact, pretty much the exact same area that I was sitting for, a little, little bit lower in the lower, in the lower bowls, a little bit lower seats when I saw the UFC. But I paid 140 for two tickets or something like that. 90, 160, 140 for two, two, two tickets. WWE, you know, so it wasn't that bad. It was like 75 bucks a piece, I believe, 60. I don't remember. But compared to what you pay for UFC tickets nowadays, I mean, Jesus Christ. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And obviously the UFC is a different animal, but still. You know, if you're a professional wrestling fan, I mean, I don't, I, be, I don't believe it was sold out completely, but pretty much, the, 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 for the most part, for the most part, it was, uh, it was sold out, and the, there wasn't many empty seats in the in the arena. But it was a great show, and uh, I'm glad that I got to share that experience with my girlfriend. She was really happy, and um, at the end of the night, they had a Pat Patterson appreciation for people that don't know Pat Patterson is from Montreal. He works as an executive now in the WWE. He's a retired wrestler from back in the 50s and 60s, 70s. He used to fight and he's from Montreal and they had a thing after the cameras went off the air and they meant, man, the first music broke when the Raw went off the air was meant, man, this music broke. People lost their shit. But by that time, a lot of people had left the arena <clears throat> He came to the ring. He did his spiel on Pat Patterson, introduced him. I stayed around for a little bit, but, you know, my girlfriend had to work the next day and we had a babysitter for our, our, our kids. And uh, so, yeah, <clears throat> we came back on that. Anyway, it, it, it is what it is. So let's finish off the podcast. I give you guys an update on my progress. I give you my thoughts and things. I had, I had this requested from uh, from. A few few listeners want to know. A few listeners that listen to the past podcast have, um, <clears throat> sorry, have uh, know that I am now training to become a professional wrestler. So they want to know. They want an update. They want to progress. See how is it going and my thoughts about it. So I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate you guys for for listening. Number one and for 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 asking about uh, my progress. I mean. It's it's nice to know that, you know, some people are invested in the podcast and also into into what I do. Long story short, about a month ago, I finally decided to bite the bullet and say I'm just going to do this and uh 
back in December, right before uh, Christmas, I kind of dabbled in the idea that I wanted to, back then, I was uh, pretty much decided that I was going to be putting a stop to my uh, quote-unquote career in mixed martial arts, which I never had a professional career, but I consider it somewhat of a, all the time and energy I put in, and, and especially into my amateur side of it, do consider it somewhat of a, a ch- career. Had some concussion problems in the past few years that have uh, hampered my progression into the sport. I'm 34 years old, and uh, it was time to make a decision that if I'm not going to make money out of this, I might not want to put my body, especially when it comes to head, thro- head trauma, so I was going to put a stop especially to the, the box, boxing and kickboxing aspect of it. And I was just going to concentrate on jiu-jitsu of it. This was before. And this was also when I was becoming more and more of a... a the, I was into professional wrestling. I was watching it way more on TV. And, and, and uh, I thought to myself, man, I remember at one point in my early 20s, I really wanted to become a professional wrestler. I was watching... The, I was following the indie scene back when I was living in Moncton, New Brunswick. This is my early 20s. Um, and I was living in Moncton, New Brunswick, and I was working, and during the summertime, one summer, uh, this indie promotion came into town, and every week, they would put on a show, so for the most part, the wrestler would live in the area, they would also put on shows other days of the week in a radius around Moncton, you know, a couple of hours radius, and then every Wednesday or Tuesday, I don't quite remember, they put on a show in town and you'd go and pay your 15 bucks and you'd sit down and watch this. And I was back then into wrestling. So I thought, let me check the indie scene. I never really followed indie wrestling, independent wrestling like this. And uh, I really liked the vibe. I liked what it was. And it gave me a, a, a more in-depth look than what professional wrestling was. You know, it's not all about what I saw on TV back then, the, the big, the big shows and the pyrotechnics and and all the big screens and the TVs and all that stuff. It's more of a, you put your work in and then, you know, you get in the ring and it's not as polished, but it's still entertaining how characters are pushed and how characters are. So I was enthralled and I was invested into the indie scene for a few weeks and, and I was like, man, and back then I was really into uh, bodybuilding. I was doing a lot of weights um, and I wanted to, to be, because back then it was all about being big and strong. And I was, I remember being in the gym every day, just pushing weights all day, every day. I was about 240 pounds. I was, you know, pretty ripped at the time. I was in good shape. And, uh. I remember I, the gym that I went to was was where the professional wrestlers would also come and uh, and uh, and lift weights and train, and uh, it had come to my attention that one of the guys was who was uh, from the area that was part of the indie promotion had a wrestling school, and I thought to myself, man, you know, as a kid, I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. It was a dream of mine, like for a lot of kids, you know, like my son is six, five and he. I'm like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And right now, he's so into it. It's it's professional wrestling. And I remember going, man, really? There's a school? Like, you just pay a fee and the guy trains you and you start wrestling? So I gave the guy a call. I knew who the wrestler was. So I asked around and get some, somebody gave me his phone number. And I don't remember if I asked somebody who there was a poster with the information. It doesn't matter. I called up the guy. Pete Smith. 
I believe his name is, he wrestles now, still wrestles in the indie scene. Um, and I uh, called him up, asked him about how it worked and what the price was. I remember him, I believe he said $1,500. And I remember going, hey, okay, this is back when I was barely making money. I was working full time. I had a I was just out of college. I was living on my own and I didn't really have any money. I didn't have any save, savings. I was basically living paycheck to paycheck, barely making ends meet every week, every other week. So I thought to myself, yeah, it's going to take a long, a while to come up with the money, but I'm, I'm going to start saving anyway because I, you know, I really want to do this. And uh, so uh, a few weeks later, you know, towards the end of the summer, I believe the promotion, obviously they, it, it was more of an outdoor show. So they don't, they don't really come around. I believe during winter they move on to other places, but uh, the school got closed for something. The guy got injured or something happened and he ended up not, he closing his school. I, I don't know if it wasn't popular enough. Not enough people were investing in his, uh, in the school, but it just ended up closing down. So I never got the chance to try it out. So, you know, move on, blah, blah, blah. 10, 15 years later, uh, last year, I'm like, you know what? I'm in Montreal now. Obviously the indie scene, I started dabbling in the indie scene here in Montreal as well. The same kind of same concept as back when in my early twenties, I've been, I've been investing a lot of time in professional wrestling on TV and watching WWE. How about the indie scene? A friend of mine said, Hey, you should check out the indie scene. It's pretty good here. Check out NCW, check out these promotions. I have a few friends, I have people in there and you know, so one day I check out the, the indie scene and I liked it. I fell in love with it. Said I, I love this. I got the. I it brought back memories of the of the, the feelings that I had back in my twenties when I saw the indie scene. Like I said, it gives me a different feeling of of what I watch on TV. It's totally two different products for me, and I really enjoy both, obviously. But I enjoy indie wrestling, and uh, like I said, it was in that transition period. I I didn't really want to. I I I wanted a new challenge in life. I I wanted something new. I wanted to move on from my job. I wanted to do certain things, and there's a lot of things that were I was juggling in my head, you know. So I one night I'm at home and I'm just googling. I'm like I'm just I'm just curious to know how many wrestling schools are in the Greater Montreal area. So I googled professional wrestling school, and the first one that came up that I started looking at was the Torture Chamber professional dojo professional wrestling dojo which is run by drew onyx it's a independent wrestler here good he's been doing it for 15 15 years i believe he's had tryouts with uh, all the big promotions wwe and and new japan and he wrestles also for our wage anyway i started looking into it and then it comes to me as the same concept you pay your monthly or you your fee which is you know so and so and you go to class every week three four times a week and then the guy teaches you wrestling and i was like oh to me it was more of a i have to know somebody to bring you into the business and start training you you show up at the indies make connections and now this guy once a week you know because I heard a lot of the guys, when they got trained back in the day, you go once a week, twice a week, the guy shows you a few moves and, and you get thrown in and you kind of learn as you go. You know, I didn't really want that. I, I've been brought up in the concept of martial arts where you pay your school fees and then every day you go in the gym and you get a gym, you get a facility that you can go in and, and perfect and your art and everything. And this was a similar concept. So I thought to myself, oh, 
I'd be, be way, I'd be comfortable in this where there's, it's more, it's more organized than I thought it was. Emailed the Drew and, and, and he got back to me with the information, pricing and school, um, schedule and everything. And, uh, I kind of forgot about it for a couple of weeks. A couple of months went by, January, February. And uh, I just thought to myself, oh, man, that's a lot to be invested in. And I, I'm, I'm really impulsive back in the day. But now that I have kids and a family, I'm, I have to control those impulses, although I'm still very impulsive. And I, I was following their, the, the school uh, page on Facebook. And uh, come February, I believe, or March, I remember, there was tryouts. I see a, a post about you want to be a professional wrestler. We're holding a tryout on Sunday. It's basically you pay a, a few bucks. You come in and you try it out. You don't have to pay the, the fee. You just come in, see if, if you like it or not. You pay a few fees. You pay a few dollars and you come in and you try out. And if you like it, you come back. If not, it's not for you. And it was a Sunday of WrestleMania. So I was all invest. I was all in, into it. So I get in and, and uh, try to keep it short here. I, I'm like that Sunday. I decided that I saw that post about three and a half weeks before the, the actual um, Sunday. So I'm like, man, I haven't been in the gym for about four months. I hadn't been in the gym. I just, you know. A lot of things were going on in my life, uh, job-wise, professional-wise, family-wise. I was like, I can't just show up there like this. So I went back in the gym and started doing strength and conditioning for about three weeks every day. Pushing myself, pushing myself. Doing strength and conditioning and just trying to get a little base, you know. So I show up on Sunday and I don't look like a slob that gets winded after doing like three rolls, you know. So I had no expectations when I showed up there on Sunday. I didn't know anything. I didn't know how this was going to go. I thought I was basically just going to observe for the most part. And he's going to get me to do a few means to see how I move, to see how athletic I am and how things I am. No, I went in there that Sunday. I did bumps. I did rolls. I took some bumps in the ring. I was like, Jesus Christ, the first time here I'm taking bumps already. Needless to say, I was sore for the pat the week after. You know, when you take bumps, it, it's your body's not used to taking bumps like that. It's it's hard, you know. But I was there that Sunday, and uh, for three hours I was in there, just doing rolls and taking bumps and 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 learning a bit how to run the ropes a little bit, just a little bit. Basically, walking the ropes. It wasn't running. You just go from one side how to how to hit the ropes, how to turn, how to pivot. Certain things, basics, very basics. And I was like, I'm, I was hooked. I was like, this is it. This is what I do every time. And you just progress from here. I'm like, I'm in. But, uh, you know, so it took me a few weeks to, to pony up the, the, the initial amount. And then uh, I get emails from the, from the teacher, from, the, from June. And he's like, uh, when are you coming in? You coming in? You coming in? And after a few times, I'm like, okay, this guy really wants me there. So, uh, you know, he was all he told me, he said, you could easily do this. You know, you're coachable. You've been in martial arts for a long time. So I know you're coachable. I, you're disciplined. You're athletic enough. You, you got a good base to do this. So I ponied up the cash and I said, whatever. I, I went in and I paid my fees. And ever since then, it's been about a month. And uh, I'm in there Monday, Tuesday, 
Thursdays and every two Sundays. Basically, that's the schedule right now. And uh, that we're going to start in- incorporating Wednesdays so soon, I believe. So it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and then every two Sundays we go in the gym. And uh, Mondays are for beginners class, the beginners class. So the other beginners there. I do, you know, my, my coach told me, Drew, he said, if you want to learn, if you want to keep up and, and get ahead of the curve, you said you come in here as much as you can. You do, you know, and if I feel you're ready, I'm going to invite you to the advanced class. Well, after the first week, he's like, you're going to come Tuesday? Because Tuesday is the advanced class. You're going to be in there with the advanced class. So there's a few advanced guys that don't show up on Monday, show up on Tuesday. So after one week, I was already in the advanced class. And so he was really impressed by what I was showing. Uh, and I was really impressed by my progression. I was surprised because I expected this to be, I was, I'm, ex, I'm investing on the, it, this is the, to learn the, the and I, I'm not by any means ready to be in the ring. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm investing, you know, when I first went there, he said it takes about a year and a half before you're ready to be in the ring. That's what he told me. But ever since then, I've met some of his wrestlers that have graduated, quote unquote, from his class. You, 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 you do your one year and then you pay your fees. And then uh, and after that, you can still come to, to, to class if you've graduated. If you're, even if you're a wrestler, there's a lot of guys that are wrestling right now full time that still come to class. You're always learning. It's like martial arts. It's like anything. You're always learning. This is not like, okay, so you pay your fees, you do a year, then you're in the ring, and then that's it. You don't have to come to class anymore. I mean, you got to work. This is, this is a lot more than people think. The physical, technical, for me, it's easy. You do a move. If it's not right, he corrects it, and then you work on it. You work on it. I'm used to drilling. If you've done jiu-jitsu, grappling, boxing, you drill a move. You drill it. If you've done jiu-jitsu, you drill till the fucking lights are out of the gym and you get kicked out. You drill, 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 drill. You do the same move 10,000 times. You know? There's a great Bruce Lee quote that said, I'd, 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 I'd rather fight, I, I'd be more afraid, I don't know how, exactly how it goes, but I'm more afraid of a, of a man that, that, that does one move 10,000 times and then, then someone that does 10,000 moves once that's able, something like that. I don't really, I'm butchering him, but you get the point. There's a lot of drilling. So for, for me now, it, Drew is a master at teaching you chain wrestling and, and, and the technical side of it, taking bumps and that he's good at that, but he's a master at teaching you the psychological aspects Every day you're in class, he shows you how to make a move and why the selling that the, the, right from the beginning, after only like a week, you know, I was expecting to go in there, do the technical stuff and not really getting to, into the personality and selling and like, ah, and, 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 you know, cause at the end of the day, <clears throat> you're putting someone in a move in professional wrestling. You're not really hurting a person. It's not like jujitsu. It's not like grappling. You're not really hurting anybody. You're putting someone in a move. You're making it look like you're hurting someone. So that person has to sell. That's how it works. So that person sells like, ah, ooh, you know, you sell. I wasn't expecting to get an all to that right away. But man, I've been in there for a month. 
I've already put in situations where I get into the ring and I do a, a shine or a heat, which for a lot of people that follow professionals know what I'm talking about. But uh, the beginning of a match and and how I sell and how I so I'm I've been in, in thrown in there and and my progression I'm really really impressed I'm really happy about my progression about what I've been able to accomplish so far just being like I said a month in and it's really really pushed me to work so harder because I've met guys that come uh, I I was part of a, a show uh, a few weeks ago that the school put together. So a lot of the older students, wrestlers come and perform at the show. So I got to meet a lot of the guys. And I met a guy, he was in the ring after six months. He wrestled his first match. So to me, it's not that year and a half anymore. That's gone. That that line, I was like, I want to... He had basically told me, normally for the most part, it takes about a year and a half for you to get in the ring. I've seen guys, if you're really good, you get in there after a year, a year, a year and... 12 to 14 months. And uh, <clears throat> when I met this guy that went through the same program, same class, same teacher, same school, said I was in the ring after six months performing. I was like, it's not 14 months anymore. If he's able to do that, I'm doing, I'm, that's my new goal. So I'm working, it makes me work even harder now. It makes me be more intense, me more focused. I got to get in shape. I got to get in there and I have to take every opportunity that I have so that instead of being in the ring in 14 months, I'm going to be ready in six months. I want to be ready in six months. I want to go, I'm ready to put you in the match. So the progression for me is a lot different than what I expected. I thought I expected a slower progression, but being who I am and able to do, I'm very fortunate about that. I'm able to go in there and, and, and sometimes outwork some other students that have been there longer and it's no mean no disrespect to these guys because you know you got to respect the vets it's a big part of the culture i'm not gonna stop myself also and i'm not gonna stop myself from progressing just because i've only been there a month i go in there i'm all business i push myself bang 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 so i'm really happy with my progression i, I you know like i said i've taken bumps different types of bumps i'm running the ropes uh doing basic moves a lot of chain wrestling through t torture chamber Ju is very technical wrestler you know he she teaches you chain wrestling a lot of uh arm locks arm bars wrist locks uh waist locks reversals we work chain wrestling every day i'm in the ring we work on our chain wrestling by the time I'm ready, my chain wrestling is going to be off the hook. So when we start a match, then you get to sell, you get to, to do your thing. My chain wrestling is going to be on par and it's very technical. And I'm a very technical person myself, so I enjoy that aspect. But I'm also enjoying the, the bumps and the spots that I'm also learning by taking bumps and and also working on my submission. I mean, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a long time. I'm not a black belt in any means, not even close, but I know submissions and I can incorporate certain things. And even yesterday I was doing certain wrestling takes downs and I was showing other students. So it's really, really fun. And it's really nice that I'm able to incorporate certain moves, certain, like I said, uh, the other day I, I was working on a knee bar and obviously I wasn't wrenching the knee bar and wasn't trying to hurt anybody, but I was selling it. I was able to sell it by 
technically making it looked exactly like a knee bar like there was an mma fighter putting a guy in a knee bar and the guy was about to tap but during professional wrestling you don't want to hurt anybody so i was you know laying down but i was able to sell it like i was hurting the guy and i'm able to incorporate a lot of the moves that i've learned through martial arts so that's really really fun and i have nothing but nothing but great things to say about drew onyx my teacher i mean the guy is this guy's world class when it comes to wrestling but it's such a good human being he's just i get a connection with him right away and for, it's a big thing for me i'm not gonna listen or respect someone if i don't get that connection i don't respect that person from the first time i met this guy i'm like this guy is is i get you get a connection and and, and then it's moved forward i respect him i've only known him for like i said about a month or so and it's 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 a whole new ball game and i invest i invest of my money and but more importantly I invest a lot of my time every night that i get in the ring and i get the same respect and the same investment from him he's in there showing us all his tools all his tricks all his moves so i have to respect that and um i'm i'm happy happy to say that only after a month i'm, I'm progressing extremely well extremely fast i'm not rushing anything but I'm hoping, I'm hoping, and I'm working really hard. Um, the school is putting on a show in October, end September, maybe October. I'm not 100% sure yet. And uh, this is the show where normally the school uh, showcase the rookies. And I'm hoping that I can be in that show. That will give me about seven months of training. And uh, I truly believe I can do it. And that's my goal right now, to be ready for October to be ready um, to wrestle. Like I said, I, I'm progressing extremely fast and uh, it's hard. It's hard on the body and on my back, my neck. I'm sore. I'm used to it. Being a martial artist, going into grappling and there's never a day when I don't get home and I'm, I wasn't sore when I was into training camps or competitions or anything. You learn to le live and deal with that. But... Taking bumps is a totally different business. Learning how to fall, basically, without getting hurt. It doesn't matter if it's in a wrestling ring. The way the wrestling ring is made, there's more of a bounce to it. It absorbs a lot of the shock. We also take bumps on regular wrestling mats. You're able to fall correctly. It's a big part of wrestling, knowing how to fall. Because if you don't know how to fall, instead of having a 15-year career, you're going to have a 7-year career. It shortens your career if you're not able to fall, if you're taking too much of a big bumps and you're not, if you don't know exactly how to fall and take that bump, you're going to shorten your career because you're going to have more injuries and it's going to be your body's just going to give out way faster. So I'm extremely happy that I get to, to be at a school where they teach us right and our, and, and the, the, the torture chamber uh, pro wrestling dojo is, is renowned in Quebec. For being the mecca in professional wrestling. When you not only work wrestling. Every day almost in, in the gym. We do cardio. And uh, once at least once a week. We do big part. Thursday is cardio. If we do about an hour cardio. We go through a, 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 a circuit uh, thing for about an hour. We do a lot of, you know, battle ropes and and and. and a lot of things, a lot of push-ups, a lot of sit-ups, a lot of squats, squats, push-ups, squats, push-ups. You can go through 300 push-ups, 300 squats in a night easily, easily. You get your body used to the to 
to it. So the soreness goes away after a while, but the cardio, you got to be ready to perform seven, eight minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes in the ring. Might not seem a lot. When you're in there running, lifting, pulling, pushing, taking bumps, taking a bump, a big bump, falling on your back from the ropes, anything takes a lot of your juice away, a lot of your energy away. So you'll be able to have some strong cardio to run around. So we work on cardio a lot. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really, the more I go every day, I just get more and more excited about the, 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 the potential of being a professional wrestler. And for the most part, you tell someone that I'm working, you know, I've told maybe, obviously, people around me, my friends, my fam- my girlfriend knows, obviously, and um, her sister and her boyfriend and some, a few of my friends know. And, and, but I've also told a few people that I normally don't see, you know, I don't consider friends, but acquaintances. They're like, hey, what are you doing? You're working. And I used to train people. A lot of people know that know me know that I'm into martial arts. I used to compete and stuff. So now they're like, hey, you still training? It's always one of the first questions, you know? And now when you tell people, no, you know what? I'm in professional wrestling now. It's always like, what? Like like, like wrestling? Wrestling? Like like, like WWF wrestling or WWE wrestling? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm becoming. And everybody's like taking apart because number one, they don't really think that it's something that you can just go and train at. They, I think a lot of people just don't expect that. And it takes people back, but it, it, when you tell someone you're becoming a professional wrestler, everybody's like, whoa, that's not something you hear every day. I mean, we're, I train at the, like I said, Mecca in Quebec as far as professional wrestling. Their school is top-notch. Drew Onyx has a reputation. Every wrestler that come out of the, the, the torture chamber is, is, has a reputation of knowing what they're doing and ready to work shows. And there's no worries from promoters. Oh, you're from Torture Chamber? No problem. I don't have to worry about you. I have to worry about this guy that comes from the church basement. So we come from a school, but it's not like, I'm you, you know, you go to a, my, my MMA gym, Sherbatov MMA, and you get go to a Muay Thai class. There's 50 people in a Muay Thai class. There's 50 people in the boxing class an hour before. There's 20 people at the MMA class at 9 o'clock. There's 50. 30 to 25 to 30 kids, if not more, and the kids class, and I'm talking kids, teens, and adults when it comes to MMA class, there's hundreds and hundreds of of, of subscription at the gym for different things. And some people just using the gym equipment. Professional wrestling is not something popular. It's not something that everybody does. Like I said, I'm at the mecca of the school. I'm at the number one school in Quebec. And there's less than, you know, uh, biggest every night. Like last night we were, I, I don't know, but less than 20. Let's just say that. Okay. It, it, it is, it's not something that everybody just goes in and invest money and say, I'm going to become a professional wrestler. Becoming a professional wrestler is not a joke. Although most people go, you're, you're a wrestler? You're going to be a fake wrestler? The shit might be fake, quote unquote, but it's not. It's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of dedication. More than anything I've, I wouldn't say anything because training become a mixed martial artist, MMA fighter is a good dedication, getting punched in the head. It's, 
you're making decisions for yourself and your body and pushing yourself to the limits. And, and But professional wrestling is close, if not equal to that, for me anyway, because when I dedicate myself to something, to doing something, I fucking push myself to the limit and, and I'm extremely lucky and, and humble and, 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 and happy that I was able to find a guy like Drew in a school like Torture Chamber to be able to give me the opportunity to, to live out this dream. And after a week there, I'm like, this is not just a, oh, let me train for a few months and maybe I can do a match and then just give, no, no. Now it's the, I can't wait to start wrestling and make my life out of professional wrestling and one day hold a championship belt, one day travel the world, go here, go there. This is not about just being able to train so I can work independent shows here in Montreal. There's a lot of guys that have come out of this wrestling school that have gone out to NXT, New Japan, ROH, all these big promotions. And, uh, and I'm extremely happy. And uh, the, the number one guy in NXT right now, if you're a professional wrestling fan, if you watch WWE, you know that NXT is basically their... The, the the miners the the the, the where where they, they train their fighters and their number one guy there has gone through the torture chamber so and, and has uh, has has been there has thanked Drew for for helping him get to where he's at so it's no joke for me although some people might think that professional wrestling is a joke to me professional wrestling is not a joke you can say it's fake, it's a work, whatever it is, but I'm putting a lot of dedication, a lot of time, a lot of hard work into this, and I, I'm extremely happy of where my progression after only about a month into this, and my vision and my it 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 it, it opens up for me. So anyway, um, I hope to everybody that wanted to know an update on on the on on this side of my life right now i hope you're satisfied i'll uh, i'll keep updating you on future podcasts about how things go how things goes and how things are going and stuff like that about an hour and 15 minutes in right now a bit longer than i wanted normally i try to keep my podcast in an hour anyway that's it i'm done for this great podcast episode 35 thank you so much for everybody that tuned in and took the time to hit the download button either on iTunes or on SoundCloud and took time to listen to episode 35 of the Modern Maverick Podcast. If you want more information on the podcast, don't forget to check out our website at www.modernmaverick.net. That's www.modernmaverick.net. Your host right here is on Twitter at Steph Polain. That's at S-T-E-P-H-P-A-U-L-I-N. And I'm on Instagram under the same name and Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash the Modern Maverick. Thank you for tuning in. I hope uh, you liked this episode and I'll catch you guys again uh, during the next episode, hopefully next week. All right. Cheers. Thanks.